0: The top five reasons to stop complaining on the trail. And if today's top five list doesn't work, then maybe some well-placed duct tape over the mouth will. The Summit Gear Review will review the weatherproof paper that wasn't weatherproof. The Backpack Hack of the Week is a simple solution that will keep your muddy shoes from deteriorating your valuable gear. And we'll wrap up the show with a little trail wisdom from a doctor known in his field for creating subtle satires of political events and encouraging children to consume off-color eggs and pork products. All this, and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles. Well, when you're about to make a big purchase, like a new sleeping bag, a tent, or a pack, It helps to remember this simple axiom. You pay for good gear, you pay for bad gear. So when I was growing up, my mom would play this little game. Whenever she bought a new item of clothing, she would take the price that she paid for it and divide it by how many times she wore it. And she would get the price per wearing. So if she paid $10 for a shirt, she would say, well, this item cost $10 and I've probably worn it 50 times. So that's only 20 cents per wearing. So that was her little way of like justifying, you know, some clothing purchases and kind of making it sound like, oh, this is, this is a really good deal. It was kind of fun. (laughs) Um, So I guess according to my mom, a wedding dress would be a really, a really bad investment, you know, several thousand dollars for one wearing.
1: Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I think of to say. You know,
0: <laughs> I guess to put it in man's terms, um, a car that you only drive once.
1: Well, I'm looking out the window at a car like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's your wedding dress car.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. So I have this classic car that I've restored. And, of course, it costs just to keep it insured. In the state of Oregon, we have a lifetime license registration on it, so that's nice. Uh, But I do have to pay for insurance every six months.
0: Well, it helps to kind of take that price-per-use mindset when you're purchasing backpacking gear. Because some gear can be really, I guess, expensive, but shockingly expensive. You know, when you go to a big box store and you look at the the gear that they have there, a sleeping bag is going to cost $35 to $40. And when you go to get a sleeping bag that will last for years and that will keep you warm at night, you're looking at maybe $300 to $400.
1: Yeah, that's 10 times the price.
0: Let's look at it at a price per use. Say you get a $250 pack and you're planning a five-day trip. Josh, can you do the math for us?
1: Oh, I'm good at math. Yeah. So $250 divided by five days, $50 a day.
0: And then how much is it per night to stay in a, we'll say, less than desirable motel?
1: Well, just for round figures, I'll say $50 $50 a night.
0: night. All right. And what's the view like out of that motel?
1: Someone's car. uh, Drive-by shooting. No big deal.
0: All right. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So for $50 a night, you can have the world's most incredible view, and you can be in the middle of the forest with no other sounds than maybe some birds chirping and a little babbling brook next to your tent.
1: Or as we talked about last episode in episode 13, a rushing river, a waterfall, (laughs) a rainstorm blowing through the forest.
0: But the chances of a drive-by shooting on a backpacking trip so you're going to have a totally different experience, and you're going to pay about the same price.
1: $50 a night. That's right. Well, okay, and so then if you're comparing it to staying in like a a nicer hotel that people might be actually willing to stay in, then that gives you a little extra money to put in your uh, your food and your tent, and, and mm-hmm. you've got it covered.
0: you got it <laughs> covered, and you're going to have a fabulous experience.
1: You know, this discussion reminds me of my parents. I think one of my parents was always the deal shopper and would always look for the cheapest price. And my other parent considered quality as well as price and felt like there was a trade-off there. And so, you know, there were lots of things growing up where I would hear that conversation between the two of them. And and I remember even, um, you know, my dad was the type that would be willing to drive miles to get to a gas station that was one or two cents cheaper per gallon because price was everything. But really, you know, I've learned over the years that uh, when you buy the cheap stuff, you pay for it in a different way, either by having to replace it sooner or having to cope with the lack of quality or the lack of functionality.
0: So just remember, you pay for good gear, you pay for bad gear. Today's top five list is the top five reasons to stop complaining on the trail.
1: This is for our 10-year-old, isn't it?
0: I don't I don't know. He listens to our show.
1: Well, maybe not.
0: Now he never will. Right. The number one reason to stop complaining on the trail, attitude affects everything. You know, from your facial expressions, to the thoughts that you think, to the words that you say. All of it adds up and it affects the way that your feet feel and the way that your food tastes and the way that you interact with others and even the way that others interact with you. I wanted to try a little experiment today and I want you to think of a trail that you have been on recently. So imagine it in your mind. Imagine what the path looks like, the surroundings, your experience on that trail. And I'm going to say something about that trail. That is the worst trail I have ever been on. What kind of thoughts come to your mind when I say that?
1: I'm going to start looking around for reasons why the trail's bad. I'm going to see that it's maybe not well maintained, that the view isn't very good. And In fact, the weather's pretty crummy, the lighting is awful, I can't take any pictures. Uh, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to start kind of uh, trying to spot those reasons why the trail is crummy.
0: Now I want you to think of that same trail again, and I'm going to say something else. This is the best trail I have ever been on. So what comes to your mind when I say that?
1: Well, first of all, it says something to me about you, and I'm gonna be excited about being with you on that trail because it's gonna be a great experience just because of your attitude. And on the flip side, I'll be looking around and noticing how beautiful that view is, with the clouds coming in low on the mountains, and uh, how well maintained the trail is, and and just the wonderful sounds of the birds, uh, the great trees around us. It's going to bring out a different attitude in me.
0: The number two reason to stop complaining on the trail: complaining won't actually change anything, and in fact. If you do complain, you'll miss the beauty.
1: I remember an overnight backpacking trip that I had when I was a teenager to Kennedy Hot Springs. It's an area in Washington State that has since been uh, washed out by a flood. So it's crazy to think this place doesn't even exist anymore. Well, it wasn't the best of times on this one camp out. We hiked five miles in, slept through the night, When I woke up in the morning, I realized that since I hadn't taken out my contacts the night before, one of them had sloughed off to the edge of my eye and had come out and was completely destroyed. I have really nearsighted vision. So here I was with one contact left, and I didn't bring my glasses. Uh, That was a bad idea. And then, while I was preparing breakfast, one of the other scouts had some boiling water and the pan got too hot for his hands so he had to drop the pan of water the water went on my head so one contact head splashed with boiling water and we're hiking five miles out that day with no depth perception because i only had one eye that could see distance with a a damp towel on my head to try to keep the pain down (laughs) it was just an awful um situation Truly, I don't remember what my attitude was like. You'd have to ask my brother who was on the hike, and my dad was also on that hike, and see if they remember. Um, but it's it's those kinds of situations. Sometimes they're pretty awful, and any amount of complaining will have no effect at all on the situation itself. It's what you were dealt. I'm not always so good at uh, not complaining, though. I remember a, a camp out we did a few years ago, and somehow my, um, my coat didn't get packed. And I can't remember why I somehow thought that this was not my responsibility. I don't know if maybe you guys picked me up after work or, or what. But anyway, for some reason, I thought that, that this was your fault, that my coat wasn't packed.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> and, and I just kind of was miserable the whole evening, didn't sleep well, was miserable the next morning. And, and I shouldn't have been. You know, I, I should have been able to roll with the punches a little more and, and still have a good attitude in spite of the fact that I didn't have my coat. And this leads to your number three tip. Now that it's years later, we're able to laugh about these things. So number three tip is to find the humor in the situations.
0: Yeah, and it can be hard to look for humor sometimes. And this reminds me of a trip that we took One of my friends was rinsing out her wool shirt at night and got it all clean and she hung it up on some branches to dry. Well when she woke up the next morning the sleeves on this really nice wool shirt were chewed up. I mean I would have been mad if my wool shirt was chewed up. So it was obviously chewed up by a rodent in the middle of the night but throughout the day as we kept looking at her shirt and we just kept laughing more. And then the story changed from the shirt being chewed up by a rodent to it being a cougar attack. And she survived this amazing cougar attack. And we just had so much fun laughing about that. And now I have a, a brave friend who survived a cougar attack. And she has the wool shirt to show and to tell the story.
1: And amazingly, she came out completely unscathed other than the shirt.
0: So she had a really great attitude about that.
1: Yeah, that helped a lot.
0: The number four reason to stop complaining on the trail, it will save your energy. When you're out backpacking and hiking, you really need to put your energy into thinking creatively on how to solve or deal with the current situation. Whether it's burnt food or a leak in your water bottle, instead of complaining, Put your energy toward figuring out how to solve the problem or how to deal with it. And sometimes if you start complaining, it actually kind of shuts down the creative part of your brain that solves problems. Well, if you, if you shut down that creative part of your brain, the solution could be just moments away.
1: And the fifth reason to stop complaining on the trail is that you'll find more blessings. One way to think about it is that if you complain about the high winds, you may forget to be thankful that there are no mosquitoes.
0: Sometimes the very thing that we're complaining about is actually the thing that will bring us either greater growth or um, that will help us to experience something in a new way.
1: So those are our top five reasons to stop complaining on the trail. And as you do that, you open yourself up for enjoyment of the experience.
0: Here on the first 40 miles, we created the Summit Gear Review. The Summit Gear Review gives you a 360 unbiased look at backpacking gear before it goes into your pack. Summit stands for structure, utility, mass, maintenance, investment, and trial. Today on the Summit Gear Review, we're reviewing Jace All-Weather Paper.
1: Now before Heather gets into this review, I have to explain how important paper is for Heather. In our home, every surface you look on has a piece of paper that has Heather's handwriting on it. Oftentimes, it's a little 3x5 note card, sometimes it's a clipboard with an 8.5x11 paper. So it doesn't matter if, if you're looking at the nightstand next to the bed, if you're looking at the bathroom counter, or if you're looking at the kitchen counter, Or the computer desk, there's probably a piece of paper there right now that has Heather's ideas on it. No matter where she is, she has a way to dump ideas onto paper.
0: So true. (laughs) Paper is like I never leave home without paper.
1: Right. And so on a backpacking trip, you would probably have some kind of uh, psychological breakdown if you didn't have access to paper on a backpacking trip. The only paper I ever bring is a map and some money. But something to write on is extremely important for you. So that kind of sets the, the background for this review.
0: Yeah, this review has some strong words. <laughs> <laughs> no bad words, just strong words. <laughs> I would have to say um, the Jace all-weather paper was a big disappointment. And, you know, you think paper is paper, but this is supposed to be all-weather paper. One of the reasons it, it was such a big disappointment was because the price was so good. I actually ordered this off of Amazon, and it was $11 for a five-pack of this three-by-five notepad that you know reporters would use. There's this meme that's circulating around Pinterest or on the internet, and it says, you had one job, man, <laughs> and it's some picture where... Everything is in order except for one thing, you know, either someone is painting stripes down a highway and one of the stripes goes crazy or the tiles in the bathroom are all lined up perfectly and then one of them is upside down. That's how I felt about this paper. You had one job, man. It's all-weather paper. So, um, you know, it's windproof, it's sunproof, but waterproof was a big fail. And I actually tested this out on a little hike that we took where it was raining and I was so excited because I was able to pull out my waterproof paper, weatherproof paper, and um, take some notes on it because I had some ideas. And I'd actually done a little pre-test at home where I took the paper and I went to the kitchen sink and I sprinkled some water on it. I was so excited because it beat it up and I shook it off and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take this on the trail. So anyway, we're out on the trail and it starts, well, (laughs) it was raining when we got there. And I pull out my weatherproof paper and start taking notes. And I noticed that it started curling up. But then the edges started soaking up water. And so it soaked up water. It was not weatherproof or waterproof. I love paper, I love pencils, and I love taking notes, and I was so disappointed in this paper.
1: That's interesting. So it wasn't the surface per se. I mean, the coated surface, it sounds like it worked. Water beat it up when people tested it. Did the same thing for you. It was the edges where, so it had been cut, of course, and, and the edges hadn't been coated, I guess you could say, and so it all seeped in from the edge, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and got all wrinkly on top, but... um. It definitely wasn't It wasn't weatherproof. A lot of the people who gave reviews on Amazon, which is where I purchased this paper, they did the same thing that I did originally. They tested the paper underneath some running water in the sink and, you know, splashed some on. A lot of people purchased it as a gift for someone, like a cop or a medic. There was one person on there who actually did a trail review and said, I tried this on the trail and it it totally failed. So I felt like hey, there's one person who had the same experience that I did. Everyone else just kind of did a surface test. So I guess next time, since paper is so important to me, I'm going to try a different brand. And it seems like the Write in the Rain paper got a lot of great reviews, and it's one of the well-known brands out there. So I'll definitely try out that brand and give a review in a future episode.
1: So this is a good reminder of why shakedowns are really valuable. You take it out on a short hike. It might not even be an overnighter, but you take all your backpacking gear and you try it out. And, you know, that's uh, where this failed for you was was just on a day hike. So at least you didn't find out on day one of a five-day trip that it had failed. We discussed shakedowns in episode 10, kind of talked about how to do them and, and why they're important.
0: So I'm sorry for the bad review. I'm not complaining. This is not, I'm not complaining.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we just talked about not complaining, didn't we? Well, I know how important paper is to use. So, um, after you try out some other brands, it'll be interesting to see how they work. And maybe we can bring another one on that, that really does that one job of staying dry. Well, let's move on to the backpack hack of the week. What do you have for us today?
0: Well, a lot of times when you're out hiking, your shoes get muddy. And the mud itself isn't bad, but getting your gear dirty is actually not so great for your gear. It deteriorates the fabric and sometimes can take off the waterproof coating. So it's good to have covers for your muddy shoes, especially if you want to bring them into your tent so that they can warm up or not freeze overnight. or Maybe you don't want to wake up with spiders in your shoes.
1: Or when you get back to your car, uh, you know, sometimes you have an extra pair of shoes. That's great. But you've still got these hiking boots that are all caked with mud. And uh, sometimes you just can't get all the mud off, you know, right then and there.
0: So the simple solution for muddy shoes is to pack a couple shower caps into your pack. And then when you're ready to take off your shoes at night or when you get to the car, just slip the shower caps over your muddy shoes and they'll be protected.
1: Wow, that's about as simple as it gets.
0: It is. Also, when you put shower caps on the bottom of your shoes, it just covers the bottom of your shoe, which means that the rest of your shoe can dry out.
1: Good to know. All right, so there's the backpack hack of the week. A couple shower caps to protect everything from your muddy shoes.
0: We'll leave you with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Dr. Seuss.
1: Oh, that's the doctor. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yes, Dr. Seuss, known in his field for creating subtle satires of political events. (laughs) Do you know the Sneetches? I don't know if that's necessarily a political event, but it's...
1: I don't know, but it said something about human nature. Yeah. Always wanting to be like someone that you consider to be in the know. Well, he had a, a lot of great things to say.
0: Well, here's one of them. You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So, get on your way. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. No other sounds except for maybe a uh, rushing brook. Rushing brook. <laughs> that would be impressive.
1: <laughs> um. This is for our nine-year-old, isn't it? Ten-year-old. Ten-year-old. The raccoon er, part. The raccoon <laughs> oh, place. <laughs> yeah, the raccoon camp out.
0: Yeah, I do remember... Uh, and that's why you were so cranky when I screamed about the raccoon in the middle of the night.
1: Got to explain the importance of paper to Heather.
0: Wait, are you explaining it to me? <laughs> the end.
1: Oh, okay. Do you, did you want to mention the odd smell?